You're listening to Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts. I'm your host, Al. With me, as always, Desi? <laughs> I don't know what to call you today. I don't know why. Call me what the kids call me. Miss Desi. Miss Desi. Miss Desi. They were like, Mrs. I'm like, I'm not married. Mm, your fault. Well, at least, you know, nobody in your class is going to be like announcing to the class. Well, you know, you just have to listen to her on her podcast, Outlandish Outcasts, like people do in my meetings I sit in every Yeah, week. I don't even mention that I know what <laughs> podcasting is. I play it as, I'm technology stupid. Yeah. I am. Uh-huh. No, you're not. I am. You're not technology stupid. I am. You just pretend to be. I am, though. Okay. I really am. I am what I am, and that's what I am. Can we get copyrighted for that? I don't know. No. <laughs> I don't even know if most people even know what that is, though. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I'm actually going to talk a little bit about copyright in my first... Um, You're going to talk about actually, copyright? not copyright. Never mind. Scratch that. I'm going to talk about patents, not copyright. Completely different. But Weird. I almost hit that on the nose. Almost. 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 Almost never mattered. <laughs> true uh, it's like because i have i have espn because i'm psycho yeah something like that <laughs> anyway anyways i'm gonna say a name and let me know if you've heard of this name before and i know the answer is gonna be yes oh my god but. is this like a psychology card test <sighs> no not at all oh okay. you've heard of the name thomas edison before correct well i mentioned it in our <laughs> last episode you did you did mention thomas edison he had in our a last tattoo episode. Thomas Edison, one of the things Thomas Edison is known for... Electricity. One of the other things Thomas Edison was known for is develop is patenting and being the first person to, to make a camera that captured moving pictures. Electricity. Or a movie camera. Electricity. I'm not talking about electricity. <laughs> I'm talking about movies. In a movie camera. Okay. Problem is, Thomas Edison was not the per- first person to capture moving pictures on a camera. He's just credited with being the first person. It's to almost like Ford. Yeah, very similar. Very okay. Similar. Okay. But, um, Louis Le Prince. <laughs> Le Prince. Le Prince. It explains where Prince comes from. He was from, from France. Print your negatives. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Le Prince, <laughs> I would assume France. Yes, Love. he's from France. Actually, he born in France, raised in France, uh, spent most of his adulthood in England. Okay. Um, but did also come to the United States, lived in New York for quite a while in the 1880s. Okay. And during this time, um, he well, he, he met his wife in England. They started a, a college in England, an art school in England. Um, and he fund and he was helping a bunch of painters and artists and they got really into like panoramic <gasps> I love like panoramic pictures and paintings and stuff that would just but cover a large panoramics scale. don't work for everything trust me no they don't um no. so he came to New York and he was working for this company that was um and their whole goal was uh to hire people to paint or take photographs because it was a very new technology at the time um, uh, uh, do panoramic pictures of like um, buildings or battles that had happened for for paintings and stuff like that. But you can't do a panoramic for a 
building unless it's a long very long building, building or like sky, like the okay. New York yeah like just like the Empire State yeah. Building could not happen no, because that's up not. and down not side to side and as, east as to west he is he's got kind of an artist's mind and he's looking at all these panoramic pictures and he's like what if we could capture movement how amazing would that be at this time motion pictures nobody had ever done it before this is 1886 my god he invented the gif <laughs> not quite but gif oh i'm sorry <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i got the wrong one word. or the other i use gif some people use GIF. i say gif and say you GIF. corrected me once and i was like the originator it's a g not a j the guy who originally came up with it says it's a gif i think it should be a gif but whatever well, anyway if it it he should have used a j he should have but then it would have been peanut butter it would have never been mind a, then it would have been a <laughs> hiff yeah anyway lewis le prince Le Prince. He develops and patents this camera that has 16 lenses. Okay. And it captures the first mo- it ha- captures the first moving pictures. Okay. But then he modifies that camera to turn it into a one lens camera and he figures out a way in 1888 to film some movies, just very short movie, three of them. And when was Charlie Chaplin around? 1920s. Okay, okay, that's what I was yeah. thinking. I'm like, wait, what? So, in 1888, he films this thing with films this movie. I guess you'd call it just a short little clip with, uh, with this one lens camera that he's developed. Is there a movie on that link by chance? There will be a movie on the yes! link. There will I need be a movie to watch this. I need to watch this. And. In the movie, his mother is one of the people in the movie, and his mother dies October 24th, Aww. 1888. Now, that's sad that she died, but it he... proves the date that this happened before October 24th, 1888. He's able to see her yes, move he is. in action. Yes, he is. That's so sad. It wasn't until 1891 that Thomas Edison put together a prototype for the motion picture camera. But 1888, Louis Le Prince makes this film, decides he's going to go to New York, and he is going to display it at some big festival thing, and he's going to show the world what he has created. About a week before he's about to go to New York, he gets on a train to go, and he's still in Europe, he gets on a train to go see some family in France, and he disappears. Okay, that's weird. Never to be seen of again. The only thing he had with him was all his documentation about his camera and his patent information in a briefcase was with him Mm. and nowhere else. So he never has the opportunity to display this camera for the world. And a few years go by, Thomas Edison comes out with his idea of the camera, which turns out to be identical because they did find the original camera that Louis Le Prince did develop, design. Mm-hmm. And it is identical to Thomas Edison's design, but three years prior. But because he's not, a, or he wasn't considered dead, he was considered a missing person. And because if you, at the time, a missing person who owns a patent, the the patent could nothing could be done with the patent by like their wife or their next of kin because they weren't deceased they were just missing that sounds fishy it does now there are theories that thomas edison might have sent somebody to make this happen thomas edison is known is known for 
stealing ideas and going to court and kind of having I feel like his the way with it, but I highly never don't, have no. gone away. They of course they did. They've always been there. Been always been there. there. Like you think of Kennedy yep. and yep. Lincoln yep. and uh. But the sad part is, you know, all in all, there's been court cases and patent cases about this. Turns out he did get a patent for the 16 lens camera and the original patent application also has the one lens camera in it. But okay. by the time the U.S. Patent Office approved it, they had removed the one lens camera from the Is patent. Is it sad that I feel like I want to say Thomas Edison, you're a fraud? It, in this case, for this thing, he's history. huge and he's done a million things in history and it's great. But what he didn't do and we, he is credited with is being the first person to develop motion picture camera. That's almost like Ford. Yeah. And the car. Yeah. There was similar. a car very long similar. before yep. Ford came around and yeah. built the car. Yeah. It's so sad. Yeah. So uh, Louis Le Prince, ne- it was never found. No body was ever found, nothing. So he just disappeared one day, never able to uh, to display his his life's work. And Thomas Edison went on to be in the history books as the person who developed the first motion picture, but he didn't. It's He definitely didn't. And there are, there are, there is video, there will be a video link on, on the page showing the, a uh, very short video of uh And I want to see this video too I will, yeah I'll show you. I'm going to wa- I don't need you to show go. me. I'll go find you the link myself. You can go find the link yourself on our web page. Good idea. Good idea. Do what I want. But yeah. When so I want. That is the story of the first uh, motion picture. And in doing research for this story it made me think of like the word movie and how it's weird that we still use it. Cuz it's literally named a movie because it was a picture that moved. And we still use that to this day. That we go to the but movies, we go watch a movie. Sense me, it's still a motion picture though, too. It is, but I mean, we don't like you movie. There's not a lot of other words I think of like that. There's a lot of things that could be named like that, but they're not. You know. So I thought it was kind of cool. We still we call it a movie, and it was originally named a movie for that purpose. That it was a a still picture that moved, which is really cool. It's a movie. Yeah. Move. Anyways. So, um, even though Halloween's not landing on the day that we released the podcast. I don't podcast, even know what day of the week Halloween's on this Sunday. Year. It's on a Sunday? Sunday, know. Sunday, Sunday, football Sunday. <laughs> Anyways, I don't have any Halloween stories. Okay. But it could be Halloween-ish-ish. Okay. Because are you prepared for a zombie apocalypse? Oh, we've had this discussion before. I'm like, I'm ready to be a zombie. That's because you're just going to give yourself up and I'm going to be a survivor. Yeah, like I've every zombie we've ever watched, people's lives are horrible. I want to be one of the zombies. That sounds like so much more fun. I want to save humanity. Hmm. Okay. It's the difference between I, me and you. We're not even in a zombie ap- apocalypse and I already think humanity's not worth saving some days, so... <laughs> <laughs> Most of humanity is not worth saving yeah. from what I see from Facebook. Anyone on Facebook who's all negative, they can die. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should die for even stating that. Most of people on Facebook. People are so negative. Yeah. I'm tired of it. Most people don't read. They only read headlines. Yep. Problem solved. Zombie apocalypse. Eat those brains. Anyways... Um, and the people 
who are probably going to roll their eyes at this, I'm probably talking about you and we've just lost some listeners. Oh, well. This is coming from the CDC.gov. Oh. <laughs> they're going to help news. you. Pre- they're going to help you prepare for the zombie apocalypse. So okay. you can shut this off now. Yep. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I don't even care. I'm not even going into politics, but whatever. Um, it's actually a blog that happens to be on the CDC, so it's not not even the CDC writing this. Okay. So to clear that up, I, I've lost half of our listeners now, though. <laughs> um, there are all kinds of emergencies out there that we can prepare for. Uh, take the zombie apocalypse, for example, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may laugh now, but when it does happen, and I have been preparing, I know which friends to trip along the way or take with me because they're <laughs> slower runners than me. Mm. Um, you'll be happy that you did read this. And it's about how to prepare for a real emergency. Zombies or not. Okay. <laughs> so um, we've seen at least one zomb- at least one movie about the flesh-eating zombies taking over. We all have. Yeah, I've seen many. Uh, the word zombie comes from the Haitian and New Orleans voodoo origins, although it means... Uh, its meaning has changed slightly over the years. It, ref- it refers to a human corpse mysteriously reanimated to serve the underdead. Uh, throughout ancient voodoo and folklore, tra- folklore traditions, reminds me of folklore from Shrek. Mm. Anyways, traditions shows like The Walking Dead were born. Mm-hmm. Um, in movies shows literature zombies are often uh depicted as being created by uh infectious virus Mm -hmm. which is passed on via bites contracted with body fluids all that fun stuff Mm -hmm. so the zombie survival guide i think there are many books about the zombie survival guides i'm sure i'm sure identifies the cause of zombies as a virus called Zolomanum? 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 Something like that. Okay. So other zombie origins shown in films include radiation, um, NASA, Venus probe type stuff, Mm -hmm. as well as mutation of existing conditions as um, mad cow disease, measles, rabies. Yeah. Um, the rise of zombies in pop culture has given uh, credence to the idea that a zombie apocalypse could happen. In such a scenario, zombies would take over the entire countries, uh, roaming cities, streets, eating anything living that they get, uh, they can get. And the prolifation of this idea may lead people to wonder, how do I pre- prepare for the zombie apocalypse? Get on the treadmill, start running, <laughs> so you know you can outrun your friends. Yeah. Because they'll just slow those zombies down a little bit for you. Anyways, so a few tips about preparing for the real emergencies. Uh, first of all, you should have an emergency kit in your house. And this would be like food, water, other supplies, um, anything you need for a natural disaster. So one gallon of water per person per day. 
food stock up on non-perishable items that you may eat regularly, medications, including prescriptions, non-prescriptions, tool supplies, utility knives, duct tape, um, battery-powered radio. Um, We don't have a battery-powered radio. Nope. Uh, Sanitation and hygiene, household bleach, soap, towels, clothing and bedding, Important documentations, which I don't understand this part of it. But yeah, zombie apocalypse. I don't think there's going to be driver's license, passport, birth certificate. Maybe the birth certificate, but it's a zombie apocalypse. If the world's coming to an end, do you really need your birth certificate? Probably not. There's probably no civilization left for the need for that. That's kind of what my thought is on it. Like, who do you have to prove to? The government? Yeah. They're Which all zombies. Probably gone. Yeah. <laughs> so, first aid supplies. Although you're a goner, if a zombie bites you, you can use these supplies to treat basic cuts. You're dead, anyways. Anyways, and lacerations that you can get, uh, might get during a tornado or hurricane. So, the first aid supply. I think I developed this attitude because of The Walking Dead that I wanted to be a zombie. Because you just don't want to deal with this? No, because in The Walking Dead, it's not a you get bit. It's just everybody when you that die, dies, everybody. you become a zombie. So it was like, there's no avoiding it. It will happen. But if a zombie apocalypse happens, you don't know how it'll happen. It could be like Z. No, of course. I just, that's what I got in my head. And then watching it, I was like, you know what? Those zombies seem to last a hell of a lot longer than those people do. <laughs> Except for the stars of the show, of course. <laughs> See, and that's where you're on the wrong side because you're like, I want to be on the side of the majority instead of the minority. And I'm always like, I'm fighting for the minority. Hmm. I just want to not live the life I saw those people living. It's a movie. Yeah. It's a movie. Okay, so... Once you're made or once you've made your emergency kit, you should sit down with your family, come up with an emergency plan. This includes uh, where would you go and who would you call if zombies started appearing outside of your door? <laughs> no one, because no one else is going to come save your ass for yeah. their own <laughs> self. Uh, and there's nobody I could call that would believe me that there were zombies outside my door. And if they. <laughs> Knew there were, they ain't stepping outside their door because... No. There are zombies outside outside their their door. door. Yeah, no. So, unless this this is like some wildfire, (laughs) this would help. Um, So, you need to... And it's even like a fire in your house. You need to come up with a spot. But you should always come up with two spots. One close to your home and one far away from your home. Mm -hmm. Um. Identify the types of emergencies that are possible besides the zombie apocalypse, floods, all that fun stuff, Mm -hmm. hurricanes. We we are not in the hurricane zone, but some people are. I think there's just as much chance of a hurricane hitting here as a zombie apocalypse, so (laughs) might as well prepare for it We are actually in the safe zone. Like I said, we might as well prepare for it We're in the middle of the woods. Uh, The nice thing about a zombie apocalypse, if it happens, it's not, I mean... I guess there's always that slim chance, but we're probably going to hear about it happening somewhere else before it hits the middle of nowhere where we live. And then we're going to go everywhere where everyone has their guns because everyone up here has their guns. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And we're going to blow those bastards away. Something like that. Something like that. 
So, um, so you also need to identify your emergency contacts, who to contact, police, fire department, um, also any out of state contacts for whatever reason. Okay. I don't know that part, but you know, uh, plan your evacuation route. So let's say out to my dad's house. We, we picked two routes, the short route and the really long route, really two long routes that we could get there. Because you might have to change paths per zombie. Yeah, I can understand that. So, um, yeah. So it's pretty much all there is. So it's pretty much just prepare, just like you would prepare for anything. Any emergency. Any emergency. And this is any emergency. Yeah, makes sense. So, yeah. Makes sense. Fun times. Yeah. Well, I am not talking about a zombie apocalypse with my next story. I've got a much more uplifting story than that. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I'm the B positive here. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. it's also a Halloween. It's not our Halloween podcast. This is nowhere near as Halloween themed. No. But, you know, no. Halloween's happening within this Yeah, it's in, period. in this period. Yeah. So my story comes from the Weir Mitchell Elementary School. Weir Mitchell? The Weir Mitchell Elementary School. It's in Philadelphia. Okay. They are struggling, like many schools, I'm sure, with staffing problems. Okay. Um, Especially cafeteria staffing problems. Having trouble, you know, getting enough people to work. It's it's definitely a national story. People are talking about everywhere. Everybody's having trouble. Not just schools, but everything. No, but schools are one place that's definitely Mm -hmm. having, having trouble. Um, so looking at the, the principal was looking at the schedule at this school and they realized they didn't, they were going to have some problems on this one day of a week of the week last week. It was Wednesday of last week. Okay. They were not going to have anybody in the cafeteria able to serve food. Okay. So, and they have 400 students in the school. Um, and most of these students, this is a low income neighborhood. Like these kids need to eat. Mm Mm-hmm. So the principal and along the principal paid for this along with help from all the teachers to do ordering and pickups. They ordered pizza Aww. for all 400 students, had it delivered, had the teachers serve it, and the principal out of his pocket paid. It was to Domino's, feed. wasn't it? It was multiple. It was every place in the every place within a certain radius of the school because one pl- one one place couldn't yeah. handle it. So what they did was they ordered from all the pizza places that were local. Did the then they sent all the teachers donate then after that. Some did, yeah, some Aww. did. Um, then they sent the teachers out to all the local convenience stores and grocery stores to get you know Gatorade and you know something for the kids to drink along with the pizza. And they it was a whole kind of team effort by the whole school. To get these kids fed for a day. Wow, you actually brought a heartwarming story. I did. Story. I brought a heart a heartwarming story. I, I really did. I really did. I'm Congratulations, kinda... <laughs> Alan. It so, melted yeah, my heart. They, I mean, it, it sat in within the next. By the next day, they had enough staff and enough food to feed everybody. The next day with the school food, but just the fact that there was this one day where there was not. They didn't. The principal didn't know what to do, and I guess you could have had the teachers stop teaching and go cook you know if you really wanted to but it was mm-hmm. easier to have the teacher say hey, okay i know you don't have time to come down and make the lunch but just help me make phone calls and call for pizza 
and we'll have it Crazy. delivered and you can help me serve it. And then we don't need to worry about the low staffing issue that we're having in this school because we can't get enough people here to work. Aww. So, yeah. I thought that was extremely that, heartwarming to see a principal. That person deserves an award. I agree. I agree. Aww. They have a new award in our hometown, a new life-saving award. Did you see that? I did see that. I did. Cool. Cool. I did. So, well, I'm going to bring it back. Aww. It's Halloween story-ish. Okay. Ish. It's not Halloween, though. Um, So, with the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. So... What's the minimum number of people needed to survive an apocalypse? I have no idea. That's what my next story is about. The minimum number. So of if we're gonna go died. to the zombie apocalypse, we might like as how well... many are we gonna need to like repopulate yep. and retake? Holy shit! Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, um, from all-out nuclear war to the giant asteroid strike, it's mm. not hard to imagine ways human life on Earth could abruptly it's end. It's gonna be an alien takeover. That's what's gonna happen. It's going to be just like how the dinosaurs ended. Maybe. Uh, maybe. How did they end? I don't know. I wasn't there. There you go. Nobody was. <laughs> so by assuming there are some survivors, how many people would it take to keep our species going? I mean, we started with just Adam and Eve. It's all we need is two, baby. <laughs> I feel like singing it. I'm not going to start singing. I'm not going to start singing. Okay. Um. So... If you had to pick a number, what number would you pick? Oh, if I had to pick a number to to start over with. I'd pick a pretty big number. How big? Like at least a thousand. Okay. So the short answer is it depends. Well, of course. <laughs> of course it depends. So different catastrophes would create different doomsday conditions for surviving human populations to endure. For example, a nuclear war could trigger a nuclear winter with survivors facing yeah. freezing summers, temperatures, blah, blah, blah. Not to mention radiation what the radiation exposure. Could, what's that going to do to reproduction? Yeah, that would be horrible. Uh-huh. However, putting some of these conditions aside and focusing on population size, the minimum number is likely very small compared to the approximately 7.8 billion people alive today yeah. with populations in the low hundreds. You could probably survive for many centuries and many pop small populations of that kind could survive for centuries and perhaps millennia. But it depends on how smart your people you are, I guess. But yeah. yeah. There's always a but. I read a really funny story that what you just said reminded me of, but I won't go there till we later. We ain't I'll going go there, there. I'll go there later. So um big cities would be the most vulnerable if global civilization was to crumble. And that's because they import almost all of their food and are heavily reliant on electricity. Sur mm -hmm. Surviving populations would therefore likely spread out to find resources. Yeah. Humans being farming, began farming. Uh, there were many small villages worldwide with populations ranging from the low hundreds to about a thousand individuals. And those were rather independent populations, but, sus but uh, it is sus suspected, I can't even talk, uh, they also had breeding links and marriage interconnections with other villages. Hmm. So in an uh, apocalyptic scenario, it is image, the same thing would happen. So surviving population of just a few hundred people 
uh, would need a way of maintaining a breathing system. So inbreeding or breathing between closely related individuals is one major challenge small populations yeah, face. That would be a challenge. Um, in similar scenarios, though, could happen to a dwindling human population with limited breeding options following an apocalypse uh, unless they had enough genetic diversity to avoid uh, closely related unions, a, sig- a significant number of breeding age individuals of the opposite sex known as effective population size would also be required for uh, successful interbreeding to take place. This kind of boggles my mind just a little. Uh, humans could potentially prepare populations to survive a doomsday if they saw it coming. Hmm. So if a catastrophic um, is going to happen, we'll want to have some sort of a safeguard in place so at least some population can carry on, some measure of human civilization can carry on, uh, and an important factor in any sort of refuge is the ability to isolate a group from whatever it is that's causing harm, according to um, the researchers, like certain island countries, New Zealand, Mm -hmm. Australia, like, for example, with COVID, Mm -hmm. they've been able to turn themselves into a large-scale refuge. Yeah. Because they don't allow people in yeah, don't or have out. It. Yeah, and they're you know surrounded by water and not having people yep. flow in. Yeah. So one step up would to have a dedicated ca- catastrophe refugee where somewhere on Earth. So this is a hi- hypothetical refugee with the globe seed vault. Um, let's say it's in Sebalt, Norway. And this would keep backups of the world seeds safe inside a mountain and then going even more ambiguous than that, um, we would have to have something just for humans that is not on the planet. So we're talking space. So hypothetically, hypothetically situation in which humans manage to escape the celestial body or a planet to avoid doomsday scenario. Um, they're saying a crew at 98 people would be enough for 6,300 year long journey hmm. to get to another yeah. planet. Okay. Um, but you can start running into issues there. Oh, even. I'm sure. Yeah. But 6,000 years long. Is pretty long time. No, it is. It is. And, and I'd be very impressed if, if a group of humans got that far. But they're saying it would be best to start at a larger starting crew of 500 people. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. And like all over the world. So mm-hmm. that way you don't have to worry about a genetic pool, DNA. Yep. Yep. And less likely to have those issues. Yep. So anywhere from if you're going into space, 98 people to you 500. Know, what I thought of instantly was I heard this. I read this. I thought of the one hundred. But I thought of that as you were telling the story, especially once you got into space. But when you first started telling the story, I thought of something that I just recently read about. And it was a, a town, a, a recently created town in New Hampshire. 
Oh, we were just there recently. Yeah, we were. Um, and this town was created by... I'm, I'm not putting this down in any way. It was a bunch of freedom-loving people who wanted as much freedom as humanly possible inside okay. the United States. So they all got together. It's a few hundred people created okay. this town. Uh, this town, you know, there was no taxes, no local taxes, no nothing. So there was a there was one, you know, police officer, but he couldn't even fund his couldn't even drive his vehicle anywhere because it was broke down, and they wouldn't give him a budget to like fix his vehicle. But oh my gosh, a police officer? Yeah, because it cost taxes, and this was a whole freedom loving town. It was all about okay. just freedom. Freedom, but you this don't town need the police officer. This town did not last one year. Well, clearly they don't need. You know a how police it failed, officer. You know how it failed. They didn't need a police officer. They fed the bears. Oh, jeez. So the bears all showed up and took over town. Of course they did. Because <laughs> they weren't smart enough to like. Because it started out in the woods camping and like before and they started creating free, stuff. So they're not going to get the DNR in there because exactly. nobody's paying the DNR anything. So you don't have DNR. Exactly. Freedom so loving. They started feeding the bears. Next thing they know, the whole town is overrun by a population of bears and the town no longer exists. I'm and sorry. It happened I'm sorry. within a two year time span. But your government is there. And it's not to like, for the United States, yeah. it is not there to be socialized or a communist mm-hmm. thing. It's there to protect yeah. you as a person for your safety. So when you, when you started talking, <laughs> like, you know, with a couple hundred people, I'm like, um, I, I know of some people who tried this. They didn't last two years in the normal world. <laughs> oh, Lord. Because they couldn't not feed the bears. <laughs> the bears. Yeah. So New Hampshire, not Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I don't remember the name of the town, but look it up, though. It's, it, it's an interesting story, that's for sure. Definitely interesting because I had not heard of it before. My final story. Dun, dun, dun. My last story was about pizza. This, this one's about tacos? About spaghetti. spaghetti. Spaghetti? So we're still in Italy. We are not in Italy. We are in Detroit. The Windy City. But pizza is... The Windy City, Chicago. But <laughs> pizza and spaghetti are Italian. They are. They okay. are. They are. Okay. There is a new restaurant that opened up this week in Detroit. Wait, you said Chicago. No, you said you said the Windy City. I said, that's Chicago. We're in Detroit. Where the hell am I? I don't know. <laughs> I'm in I'm in the chair right here. You are. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> A restaurant opened in Detroit this week called Mom's Spaghetti. Not mine cuz mine's not very good cuz I use a can. This is <laughs> these people that's what they well, were. Actually, that's what they were do, going for. I do make my own jarred spaghetti These now. Are going for spaghetti These sauce. people are going okay. for it. Okay. So, this is a collaboration between this restaurant group, this company that owns some restaurants. Okay. And Eminem. Wait, what? And Eminem or Eminem or Eminem, the rapper? The Eminem. rapper Eminem. Okay. And this restaurant group came up with this idea to open up this restaurant called Mom Spaghetti. This is all after his song, Lose Yourself, from the 8 Mile soundtrack. Okay. Um, where, you know, he, the line is, his palms are sweaty, knees are weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti. Mom's, okay. So. 
Just not going there. They they did a couple of test markets with some pop up places all over the country, like as he was doing, as Eminem was doing shows to see if it would go. Turns out it went really well. So they bought a location in Detroit. It only ser- it only seats eight people. So it's a very small place, mostly takeout. Okay. Um, it, it, upstairs of the restaurant is a, a a merchandise store called the Trailer, where you can get Eminem merchandise. <gasps> where all the white girls go around the, the outside. outside. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, in the restaurant, they have a very, very, very limited menu. Hold on, let me find it. This is gonna take just a second because I'm kind of jumping around here. Um, where to go? Where to go? Where to go? Where to go? It went right there. Um, yeah, the store is small. It's limited to eight people or eight stands, as they call it, because he calls his friends his fans the stands. Eight, oh, I thought it was maybe the eight mile. No. Okay. Um. They serve um, spaghetti, plain, or with meatballs, or vegan, also known as rabbit balls, or you can get a spaghetti sandwich. I don't know if anybody saw my face when you saw it. <laughs> I mean, nobody saw your face. There's no video on, so I guarantee you I know. You it's probably a good thing. Um, and I would have lost the other half of here's our a quote listeners. From the, the restaurant, they are proud that the fact that they created a scratch sauce that tastes like it's straight from the jar. And they've walk fired the noodles to give it that leftover pasta snap. <laughs> oh my God, is this like Chef Boyardee where the noodles in the can with the sauce? No. Ew. The noodles aren't in the can with the, but they're making spaghetti. So they, they walk fire the noodles. I think that's cool. I, like, walk like, fire the noodles? I guess I'm not understanding. Like, when I used to make for myself back when I was single and I was into like trying to make things fancy for myself cooking, I would make spaghetti sauce and then make rigatoni noodles. noodles Wait. And then you fry the rigatoni noodles before you put the sauce on them to give them a little bit of crispness to it. They just use a walk Did you to just do that. Say to spaghetti Christmas? Noodles. Crispness. Okay. <laughs> crispness to them. Yeah, it's really good. You used to try to impress yourself. Just myself, yeah. What the fuck? Why didn't you try to impress me with this cooking? Because you're a better cook than I am, and I'll I, never this, beat okay. that. Okay, this is true. See? See? Wrong <laughs> that you would say that because you know the right words to shut me the flip <laughs> up. <laughs> I know your games by now. <laughs> Anyway, the restaurant. But opened, I am the better cook, just so we all are aware. The restaurant opened last <laughs> week to lines around the block, and for the first two days, um, people were greeted with Eminem serving the crowd spaghetti because he worked at the restaurant for the first two days, um, and served the crowd mom spaghetti. I thought that was really cool, that especially is cool. with like "Lose Yourself" is one of those songs. Like it is like to me, it is like the most one of the most inspirational songs if it comes on i want to get up and do something with my life and like it's always felt like that to me so when i saw that he opened a restaurant called mom spaghetti i thought that was hilarious oh my gosh yeah eminem's new restaurant mom spaghetti in detroit check it out if you're there yes definitely check it out like might have to check it out it'll probably be on shelves one day maybe 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 and hopefully it's not like Cece's Pizza. Gross. Anyways, my last story is a national day for October 31st. A national day for October 31st? Uh-huh. Halloween? Nope. Well, I mean, okay. it falls on Halloween, but okay. it's not. 
I mean, we just had National Coffee Day. That was like Friday. Frappe Day is on the 7th. Okay. I have no idea. What was on the 7th? What's on the 31st? Knock Knock Joke Days. Not Okay, that's a good day for Knock Knock uh-huh. Joke Days. Let me tell you, that's that is perfect. That's what I was thinking. I was totally thinking that. So National Knock Knock Joke Day is observed every year on the 31st of October. This that is one, a perfect day for Knock Knock Jokes. It is, totally. It really is. Like, so, everybody's going and knocking on doors. That's perfect. Knock Knock, who's there? Trick or treater, trick or treater, who? Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Boo-hoo, don't cry. (laughs) Anyway, so this fun day encourages people to laugh out loud and spread happiness as laughter is the best medicine. Hmm. So why National Knock Knock Day Jokes or Knock Knock Jokes Day, uh, we always have that one friend who always says many knock knock jokes. That's probably me. That would be you. (laughs) And will not shut up. Uh, This is a surprising fact that knock-knock jokes have a special day. The origin of this day is an interesting history. And this is kind of contradictory from the start of this to the end of this. So uh, just on the date itself. Okay. So we always have that one friend who always says the knock-knock jokes. Mm -hmm. Um, The first knock-knock joke ever said was in 1929... On this day of the 31st, okay, a child thumped its stick on the ground, and this is probably the true story, but the date is not. Yeah, prob- I have a, probably a different day. So it's on the ground and use the line, knock, knock. Who's there? Buff. What says buff? Buff says buff to all his men, and I say buff to you. I don't really understand yeah, that. I don't really get it, but I, I'm betting if we were living in 1929, mm-hmm. that'd be pretty funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's kind of what I was thinking too. So after this, in 1934, knock knock jo- joke format was used in newspaper columns. Uh, this was a standard type of joke for humor section of the newspaper. In 1936, knock knock jokes were becoming very popular and widespread. A lot of people used these jokes to release the tension. In the late 1960s, 70s, uh, the, this joke became an, uh, a great part of uh, Rowan and Martin's laugh laughing. show. Laughing. Yeah. I know Rowan and Martin's laughing. Good show. So, I used to watch it at Nick at Night when <laughs> I was a kid. Not me. I didn't have cable. I had the basic four channels. Oh, when I lived with my dad for the three years where I had... I, I had basic four channels. Now it's basic five. Anyways, this is a popular now that children usually have the knock-knock joke as the first type of a joke. So everyone makes their innovative knock-knock jokes. We do have one child who likes to try to make up his own knock-knock <laughs> jokes. Even. Yes, and you try to laugh because sometimes they're not very funny. But, but sometimes they actually sometimes are. They are. Sometimes they are. Uh, people groaning whenever a knock-knock joke joke is said can be considered as a national groan. Hmm. So there's a name for them. Um, People may groan or act irritated all they want, but these jokes are definitely uh, lighten the mood. So these jokes are one of the best ways to get along with kids, believe it or not. It is a proven fact. For sure. Um, So how can we observe National Knock Knock Joke Day? First and foremost, rule is to tell a knock-knock joke, encourage jokes and laughs. Mm -hmm. 
uh, share some classic old knock-knock jokes with your kids and invent new ones with them. Have a knock-knock joke knock-off. I could see us doing this. Yeah. We need to have a knock-off. Arrange a competition of writing and telling jokes. Hmm. Both kids would be into that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'd be into that. I'd be the funniest. Anyways, uh, spread love and laughter on your social media handles. Post a lot of jokes, and I expect our listeners to do this Mm -hmm. too, with hashtags like hashtag National Knock Knock Joke Day. Also, hashtag knock knock joke day so yeah i want to see a bunch of those online i don't I care love, what platform i use. love knock as as somebody who, like knock knock jokes are not my favorite kind of jokes i mean my favorite kind of jokes are dad jokes but knock knock jokes are a very close second <laughs> thank and god I they're love, not your mama jokes i love like uh, it just they're cheesy and dumb and they're right up my alley the one i remember the most as a kid is knock knock who's there orange orange who knock knock who's there orange orange who Knock knock. Who's there? Apple. Apple. Orangey glad I didn't say it. You said you did <laughs> that kind again. of you did that kind of backwards. I don't care. I, it doesn't matter. I, I've had a joke. few drinks. <laughs> Apple. Apple who? Whatever. Anyways, my favorite one though is knock knock. Who's there? Shoot. Shoot who? <laughs> no, no, no. I forgot. Okay, let's try that again. Kay. Knock knock. Who's there? Cow without legs. Cow without legs. Or what do you call... That's not even the joke. I have no idea. I forgot. Anyways, knock, knock, who's there? I don't know. Neither do I. Yeah, okay. Something about beef jerky. Mm. Yeah, that's not a knock knock joke. Beef. That's just like what do you what call, do you call a, cow a cow without no legs? legs? That's ground beef. That's ground not even beef. a knock joke. What do you call a cow uh, twitches? See, I like jokes. I really like jokes. Those were laffy taffy jokes. That's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yep. <sighs> yep. I just showed my true self. That's okay. <laughs> so, okay. So, I don't even know what else I was going to say. I don't know. I don't know either, but knock-knock jokes are also on Halloween. That's a good idea. If you have any really, really good knock-knock jokes, you should let (laughs) us know. Better than mine, I hope. Send us an email at outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com. I'm not very good at knock-knock jokes. Knock-knock. Who's there? Dead silence? Dead silence who? Nobody's (laughs) home. Nobody's home. Oh, okay. We do that to the kids when we want them to be quiet. I've done it to the kids in the cars and they're like, knock, knock. And I've had enough of their knock, knock jokes. And I'm like, they're like, knock, knock. And I'm like, nobody's home because nobody said anything. (laughs) There was one day at like, this was a few weeks ago. One of the kids went to tell me a knock, knock joke. And they're like, knock, knock. And I'm like, I can see you in the camera. I'm not answering the door. (laughs) (laughs) It was probably Ian. Poor Ian. Poor Ian. We should have had him down here for a knock-knock joke or two. Yeah, see fun. if we could tell him. Maybe w- later when they're up because they are sleeping right now, wake them up and wake have them. Wake them up and have them tell a knock-knock joke. Knock-knock joke and we can edit it can in edit here. It in. Yeah. Yeah. We'll add it to the end of our, our thing after yeah. we say goodbye. So listen closely after we're done with our exit. There might be two jokes. Yeah. Might be. Yeah. Might be. I can't guarantee. They might not want to. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, you can send us an email, outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com.
Otherwise, you can follow us on Facebook at Outlandish Outcast Podcast. Definitely follow us there and leave a comment letting me know how funny I'm not really funny this week. (laughs) How funny I normally am, though. You can also interact with us on Twitter at Outlandish Casts. Interact. New word. Interact. Nice. I like it. Or you can follow us on Instagram. Well, actually, you can love us on On Instagram. Instagram. On the gram. That's what the kids are calling it nowadays, you know. Is it hashtag gram now? I have no idea. I don't don't use Instagram. I don't know. They don't even know what a pound sign is. Like, I'm about ready to create a TikTok page for us. Hashtag. (laughs) Yeah. TikTok? No! It was a joke. It was a joke. Thank God, because I'm going to write songs and sing if we go on TikTok, because mm-hmm. y'all are going to love my singing. Okay. Anyway, you can also <laughs> leave us a rating or review in whatever podcast application you are listening to us on right now. And just let us know, except for this episode, how much funnier I am. Because for once, I'm the funny one. You are not the funny one. It's just I couldn't remember a knock-knock joke, and my jokes were not knock-knock jokes, and I didn't remember that. That's okay. But I am still the funnier one. I will let you be the funny one. Knock-knock. Who's there? Bye. Bye. <laughs>